0: Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence here today. I thank you that this service has been ordered by you, directed by you and as we've ministered to you now we know that you'll minister through your word and by your spirit to the people. We thank you that the word goes forth and it accomplishes what it send, what it is sent forth to do in the lives of those that that hear it believe it. Act upon it consistently. We thank you for it. We thank you for that holy written word and the moving of the precious Holy Ghost in our midst. That not man's will be done, but God's will be done. We thank you for it. We'll be attentive to it. We'll receive it. And be blessed by it to be a blessing to others in Jesus' name. And all of God's people that agreed with that real loud said, Amen. Amen. Galatians 3.13. Notice... Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, that one phrase right there, if you really understood it, would be enough to cause you to have a shouting spell, a dancing spell, a back-flipping spell, a forward-flipping spell. Amen. Because Christ has, notice, Jesus Christ has already redeemed us from the curse of the law. That word redeemed, actually it means to set free from. And he has set us free from the curse of the law. That word redeemed, it means to, to buy out of or to purchase a slave out of slavery into freedom. And that's what Jesus has already done for us. He's already Purchased us. See, Adam in the garden sold us out to the devil. Adam and Eve sold us out to the devil. The woman was deceived, but the man was not. He full well knew what he was doing, and he he disobeyed God and he sold us out to the devil. And right there in the in the Garden of Eden, the curse was introduced. The curse is not God's will for any of us. Do you understand that? And, and when Adam sinned, when he and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, when, when they sinned, the, the curse came. And before they sinned, you don't see any curse. You don't see... Uh, uh, well, in the Garden of Eden, man was, was hooked up with the life of God. He was crowned with the glory of God. That's why they they, they, they they didn't have clothes on, obviously, but they didn't realize they were naked. Why? Because, you see, we've got this Sunday school mentality of, of how Adam and Eve looked in the Garden of Eden. You always see them behind a bush or something. You've got to realize that, that's, that that's, a, that's not accurate. Let me tell you what. They were crowned with the glory of God. Crowned with the glory of God. And when they sinned, that glory was was removed and they were cut off from the life of God. They cut themselves off from the life of God. And thus the curse was introduced. And and in that garden, you you don't see poverty in that garden. You don't see poverty anywhere in that garden. All the man's needs were met. You don't see sickness or disease in that garden of Eden. Do you understand that? Sickness and disease is not the will of God for you. God has not put sickness on you to teach you something. He has the Word of God and the Holy Ghost to do that. Do you understand that? Did you hear me? But, but right there in the garden when man sinned is when uh, he was cut off spiritually from the life of God. Sickness and disease were, was introduced. Sickness and disease is just the foul offspring of its father the devil and its mother sin. You understand that. Poverty was introduced. Mental anguish and oppression and depression uh, that, 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 that bind people was introduced. But Jesus came and redeemed us from that curse, set us free from that curse. And actually, if you study it out, you'll find that the position that we have with God now through the Lord Jesus Christ is every bit as good as the position Adam and Eve had and even better than that. All you have to do. This is something I've read for years and I've missed it in that a parable of the prodigal son. Did you ever notice that, you know, he, he, he went away from his father? But when he came back, when he came back, God killed the fatted calf, put the robe on his back and the ring on his finger, that signet ring, and actually, he actually had better standing with his father after he sinned than before. And see that parable. Actually, I've always looked at it on, at it on an individual, one-on-one basis of you know a person, just an individual person going away from the Lord and coming back. But actually, that and it applies there. But that parable of the prodigal son actually has to do with showing the human race how uh, Adam and Eve went away from God. But but then you see, when we come back, Jesus is the eternal sacrifice. He's already been offered for us. He died on the cross, was buried on the third day, raised from the dead. And now, when we come to God through Christ, uh, God puts the robe of righteousness on us, so to speak, the ring on our finger. He, You know, can you say amen? And we have right standing again with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law what what is what does that word redeem mean again it means to buy out of see the de- uh, uh, adam sold us out to the devil but but jesus came and purchased us back glory to god he purchased purchased us out of that slavery that adam put us in and he put us into a position of peace and freedom with the heavenly father that word redeem means to ransom or to pay a ransom. And you know the precious blood of Jesus has done that. It's paid the ransom. That word redeem means to rescue. See, we were all destined to a devil's hell, but Jesus came and He stepped in on our behalf and He paid the price, glory to God, and He ransomed us and rescued us from a devil's hell, glory to God. Did you hear me? I'm glad I don't have to go to hell. How about you? Why is that? Because I've placed my faith with a repentant heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, we're going to look at a little bit about what that curse all is. I've already said some things about it, but we're going to look at it a little bit further here in just a moment. But we've been set free from the curse. Having, now watch this, having become a curse For us, for it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Well, Jesus was hung on the cross, wasn't he? And on that cross, the Bible said right there, it's right in front of you, having become a curse for us. He became that curse for us. We could say it like this, he bore that curse for us. Now, we could never thank him enough for that. Every morning we ought to get up and thank Him that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And then notice verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Well, glory to God. The Gentiles, the world, talking about me right there and you, that the blessing of Abraham... See, that's the will of God. The will of God is not the curse. The will of God is the blessing that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Glory to God. So Jesus has redeemed us from the curse, that the blessing uh, uh, might come upon us. Now, He redeemed us, the, 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 the redemptive work of Jesus is complete, In that He redeemed us spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. You realize you are a spirit being. You possess a soul. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. And your spirit lives in that physical body. And Jesus redeemed us, bought us back, paid the price for us, spirit, soul, and body. Let's just take a moment look at spiritually. Spiritually, When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, what happened? Their spirits were cut off from the life of God. Cut off from the life of God. God said, in the day you eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Is that right? Well, they ate of it, but then you studied they didn't die for a long time after that. Well, how do you explain that? Their physical bodies didn't die for a long time after they ate of the fruit. But their spirits died immediately. What does it mean for your spirit to be dead? All that means is to be cut off from the life of God. And when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, their spirits were cut off from the life of God. Now, how does that affect you and me? Well, it affects us in that we're all descendants from Adam and Eve. You understand that? So the entire human race was cut off spiritually from the life of God. But notice in 1 Peter 1.18, 1 Peter 1.18, notice this, 1 Peter 1.18, let's turn over there, 1 Peter 1.18, look at this. Knowing that, now there's something we're supposed to know here, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. From your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. So what were we redeemed with? Well, verse 19 tells us, But with the what? The precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. See, silver couldn't buy us back. Gold couldn't buy us back. The pearl gates of heaven couldn't buy us back. Only the precious blood of Christ of the Lord Jesus Christ. And with that precious blood that He shed upon that cross, that precious blood purchased us back and freed us from the curse of the law and, and, and makes it so that our spirit beings can be hooked back up with the life of God and actually have better standing with God, actually, if you study it out, than Adam and Eve even had in the Garden of Eden. I'm glad for the blood of Jesus... It's the only cleansing agent that can wash away sin. You see, in the Old Testament, the blood of the bulls and the goats didn't wash away sin. They just covered sin on an annual basis. But the blood of Jesus doesn't just, it, it doesn't cover sin. It does something better than that. The blood of Jesus washes sin away. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west. Why does it say east from the west? Because the east and the west never meet. Did you understand that? So when the blood of Jesus is applied to our sins, they're they're washed away as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered ever again, praise God. And it's as though we never committed it to start with. Isn't that wonderful? You see, Jesus on the cross, remember we read just a moment ago that He became a curse for us. Did you see that in your Bible a moment ago? And and on that cross, the book of Daniel, you can look this up later, but Daniel 9.26, Daniel 9.26 says that the Messiah would be cut off, but not for himself. See, on that cross, it's clear when he cried out and he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? At that moment, he was cut off from the life of God. But he wasn't cut off for himself. He, see, Jesus stepped in as our substitute to redeem us from the curse of the law. And at that moment when he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? At that moment, you see, he was cut off from the life of God as our substitute, bearing what we were supposed to bear in his redemptive work. And you can look this one up. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Let's take the time here. 2 Corinthians 5.21. I don't want to rush this today. I want to get what God has for us. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 5.21. For He, God the Father, talking about God the Father, made Him, talking about Jesus, who knew no sin. How many of you know Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, but He never sinned one time. Is that right? For He, God the Father, made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, To be sin for us. Well, He was made a curse for us, wasn't He? He bore that curse for us. He was made sin for us. We could say it this way as well. He was made a sin offering for us. That we might become what? The righteousness of God in Him. Now that's shouting territory right there. If you really understand that. You see... The very righteousness of God, Jesus, became sin so that we as sinners could become the righteousness of God. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. He was cut off, but not for himself. He was cut off for you and for me so that we could be hooked back up with the life of God. That's part of the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's called the new birth. Jesus said you must be born again. That's what happens when you repent of your sins as a sinner, place your faith in Jesus, you get born again. You get hooked back up with the life of God. Where Adam and Eve, we got cut off from the life of God. In Jesus, we get hooked back up to the life of God. Glory to God. Amen. And we become the righteousness of God in Him. Right standing with God. See, we have right standing with God in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, notice Ephesians 2 verse 1. Ephesians 2 verse 1. Let's turn over there. Ephesians 2 verse 1. Notice what happened when Jesus was raised from the dead. Notice this. Ephesians 2 1. Notice this. And you, and you, and you. Real loud say he's talking about me. Now look at this, and you he made alive. Now this is talking about spiritual things here. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now skip to verse 5 and and, and for the sake of time here, let's do skip to verse 5. You could read verses 2, 3, and 4 later, but watch this. Even when we were dead in trespasses... Talking about Jesus now, see, we were dead in trespasses, but Jesus made us alive together with Christ. Isn't that wonderful? See, Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. Well, even when we were dead in trespasses, Jesus made us alive together with Christ. Glory to God. By grace, we've been saved. And notice, he raised us up together. He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, if that's not blessing, I don't know what is. We have heavenly citizenship. We've been redeemed from the curse. We've been redeemed from spiritual separation from God. The Bible says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We've been seated with Him in heavenly places. Heavenly citizenship. Glory to God. And notice in Hebrews 9.12, we're just looking at the spiritual side. I could spend weeks right on this one topic right here. But look at Hebrews 9.12. Talks about Jesus. See, usually... People will get Jesus where he's been raised and come out of the tomb and thank God. How many of you know he was raised on the third day and walked out of that tomb? How many of you remember that? But you know he had a work to do after that. And remember, Mary came to him and wanted to, was going to touch him, you know, and he said, touch me not, for I've not yet ascended to my Father. He had a work to do before the throne of God in the heavenlies. And right here it tells us in Hebrews 9 12, not with the blood of goats, and calves, but with his own blood, where did he enter? He entered the most holy place, that's talking about up in heaven, once and for all. See, in the Old Testament, the the animals had to be offered on a continual basis. Jesus came as the Lamb of God and was offered once and for all, and he went in, after he was raised from the dead, he went into that heavenly holy of holies with his own blood, once and for all. And he presented it on that heavenly mercy seat, and the heavenly Father accepted it. Glory to God. And notice he obtained what kind of redemption? Eternal redemption. Glory to God. We don't have to worry that the redemption that Jesus provided for us will ever run out. It's eternal. And it's a covenant between the Father and the Son. And it's eternal. Glory to God. And you know, if we mess up in sin as Christians, how many's ever messed up since you've been a Christian besides me? Well, that covenant remains intact because that covenant is between the Father and the Son. And when we mess up, that covenant remains intact. And what we must do is repent of that sin or whatever it is and run to that throne of grace with a repentant heart, confess that sin before Him. The Bible said He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can you say amen? Glory to God. My God, this is powerful. And it's good. This is the gospel, dear friends. So He redeemed us spiritually. Now look at Isaiah 53 and verse 4. Let's look at the soul here a little bit. And uh, and the body will also, our physical body will come into this right here as well. But He's redeemed us, spirit, soul, and body. Look at the soul. That's your mind, your will, your emotions. Look at Isaiah 53 verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Well, that word griefs can also be translated disease or sickness. And carried our sorrows. And that word sorrows can also be translated pain. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Now look at verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. Well, that's that's the spiritual side right there. Look, center in now here in verse 5. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. That's talking about the spiritual side of things. And then the Bible says, the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. That's the soul realm there. That's the realm of the soul. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Jesus not only bore our sins, but he also bore oppression and depression. And every mental malady that there is. How many's ever had a depressed you spent a depressed day besides me? How many, it was so strong at times, you didn't know how you were going to make it to the end of the day. Well, you know, it's the truth of the matter. None of us have ever needed to spend one day in depression. Now, I know that's a bold statement. Sometimes people want to come up and smack me. Don't do it, the ushers will get you for you. I've done it myself. Ask my wife, she'll tell you. But all that time is is lost time and it's in vain because Jesus has already bore oppression, depression, mental malady. He's already bore all that. So since He bore it, we don't have to. I said since He bore it, we don't have to. It'd be like today when we go over here to Cecil Whitaker's to have lunch. And Ray buys my pizza. And he goes up and he, he, he pays for it in full. And it's already paid for. And then I go up afterwards and I walk up there and I pay a second time. That'd be silly, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be silly? He's already paid it. Why would I want to pay it when it's already been paid? But I've already seen Christians get in arguments with God wanting to bear their oppression and depression or sickness and disease or whatever it is when Jesus has already paid for it. Dear friends, if He's already paid for it, we don't have to. That's the good news of the gospel, you see. Did you hear me? And notice the chastisement of our peace was upon Him and by His I'll get back on this here. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Let me tell you if you don't realize this, the devil will drive you crazy if you'll let him. I said the devil will he'll try to drive you absolutely nuts with oppression and depression and heaviness if you'll let him. But you need to realize that Jesus has already bore our our oppression, our depression, uh, uh, mental uneasiness, whatever you want to call it, he's already bore it. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, by his stripes, ye are what? We are what? We are what? What are we? We're what? We're healed. We're healed. We're healed, we're healed, we're healed. We're healed. Now that's talking about physical things right there. Your body. That's talking about your body. We are healed. Peter quotes this and says by his stripes we were healed. Well, Isaiah says we are. Peter says we were. Every way you look at it, we've been redeemed from sickness and disease. Glory to God. We've been redeemed spirit, soul, and body. Now, when you get into talking about the body, physical, the physical side of it, I realize one day when Jesus comes in the rapture, we're gonna get, the Christians will get glorified bodies. The Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain, talking about Christians, will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of, the, of an eye, and we'll be caught up to be with the Lord. Meet, meet Him in the clouds and go on to heaven. Is that right? Well, at that time, the glorified bodies are given. But between now and then, God wants us to prosper in physical things as well. He doesn't want us to be sick. Now, I'm going I'm to close up the service on the, on the sickness and disease. But right before we go to that, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Go to 2 Corinthians 8, 9. And I want to talk to you just a moment about finances, financial prosperity. That's part of the gospel as well. And dear friends, I, I apologize on behalf of some of the television ministries and some of those, those guys on there that, that get up there and promise things out beyond the Word of God. And, and the intention is, you know, I mean, let's just face it, the motive isn't right in so many of those cases. Now, I'm not here to be their judge or to correct them. They have to answer to God. But I tell you what, I'm not in the ministry for money. That's not why I'm in it. Do you understand that? And be watchful of any ministry that overemphasizes finances. Did you hear me? Now, I believe in financial prosperity. I believe it's part of the gospel. Do you understand that? But let's keep our motives right here. When a man spends most of his time talking about money instead of talking about actually what Jesus did, uh, there's something not right there. I've, I've said very little about money over these years from this pulpit and uh, all the needs are met and abundantly so. I learned this a long time ago. If you'll just go about doing the work of God, you don't have to take an hour and a half to take up, receive up an offering and, and promise people everything under the sun. You do the work of God, you, you, you need to let people know that when we obey God financially, there are financial, there's financial promises that God has promised us. If we'll tithe, the Bible says He'll open the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing. We'll not have room enough to receive it. Jesus said, Given will be given to you again, good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I believe in financial prosperity. And listen, if we're broke, if I'm broke as a minister, how can, if we're broke as a church, how can we bless people that need help? We need to be blessed financially. God wants us blessed financially. He wants us to be blessed financially. I'm just not going to use my faith, believe in God for a watch. Come on, Come on. Come on now. Would Jesus wear a Rolex? You know, look, Look, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. He wouldn't even take two seconds to fool with that question. He'd be going around helping people and blessing people. I know Jesus, evidently, he dressed nicely because those Roman guards were shooting dice for his clothes when they crucified him. So he wasn't wearing rags. He had a house. Read your Bible, you'll see that. He had a treasure. He had enough money to have 12 full-time staff members and at times 70 or more part-timers, maybe full-timers. Maybe they were volunteers. I don't know. But Jesus was not a broke person as you might think and come in poverty and all of that but i tell you what i don't believe he was going around concerned about you know uh the 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 slickest jet and the slickest car and the slickest suit of clothes he was concerned about people and 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 the needs were met in his ministry can you say amen? amen evidently i don't can't prove this but evidently there was one time where they didn't have enough money to pay the taxes But because Jesus was a tither and a giver, and I won't take ten minutes to explain that to you, he told Peter, go down and go fishing, and the first fish that comes up will have enough money in it. God wants us blessed financially. He wants your bills paid. He He wants you to have money in the bank. He wants you to have enough in there for you and enough left over to help others. He doesn't want you broke. I'm just saying that we need to be watchful that we don't put the emphasis on talking about money most of the time. Are you okay with that? Now, but look at this verse right here. Look at 2 Corinthians 8 9. Come on, let's look at this. 2 Corinthians 8 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that you through His, what? His poverty might become what? Rich. Now then, people come in there and they'll argue and they'll say, well, that's just talking about spiritual things. Well, I believe it's talking about spiritual things. I believe it's talking about things of the soul. And I also believe it's talking about things of the body. And you can read your Bible and you can see, just, just look and see people that walked with God uh, like Abraham, the blessing of Abraham. Abraham was a rich man. I said he was a rich man. and the different ones that ran with God. They had their needs met. You understand that? Now, you could argue Elijah wasn't a rich man because, you know, he was having to be fed by the ravens and drink from the brook. But nonetheless, he had his needs met. But Jesus, look at this. He was rich, yet for our sakes he became what? Poor that you through his poverty might become what? Rich. Now that word rich, don't start thinking diamond rings and mansions and all of that. Don't think like that. Think an abundant supply. Now God wants us living in, in a nice house. And I believe he wants us to drive a nice car. He wants us to have these things. He, The Bible says that he takes pleasure at the prosperity of his servant. But that's not just prosperous in financial things. That's prosperity in every area. How many of you know you can have a million dollars in the bank, but if cancer's eating your body, you're not prosperous? How many of you know you can be healthy and well and money in the bank, but if you're not saved, you're not prosperous? You're going to hell. Is that right? How many of you know you could be saved and have money in the bank and, and be healthy and all of that, but your marriage falling apart? You're not a prosperous person. It's in every area, you see. But it also includes the financial area. John, the elder, said, uh, My beloved, I desire above all things that you may, what? Prosper and be in health. Well, notice he health and prosperity. You know, he, he distinguishes there. God wants us prosperous in financial things. But he also wants us prosperous in that he doesn't want us sick. And diseased. Sickness and disease is not the will of God. Now, notice Jesus has redeemed us from the what? The curse of the law. Say, Jesus has redeemed me. He set me free from the curse of the law. Now, go to Deuteronomy 28 very quickly. Go to Deuteronomy 28 very quickly. And we're going to just briefly look at the curse of the law. Now in Deuteronomy 28, if you pick up in verse 15, and go on down, I believe it's through about verse 61, give or take, somewhere in there. And you counted them up, you can count up approximately 52 distinct curses of the law that are mentioned. And Jesus has redeemed us from each and every one of them. Now, in verse 15, it says it'll come to pass. This is Deuteronomy twenty-eight 15, It'll come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments and His statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Now, is the curse God's will? Absolutely not. And you can read up above in the first 14 verses and you can see that if we'll obey God, that the blessing will come on us. But if we disobey, he says, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And then there's about 52 of them mentioned. And what I did is I just listed the ones that have to do with sickness and disease. And I found this. And you can read these later and and see it. But the plague, the plague, the plague. Well, swine flu would fall under there. I don't know about you, but I'm not taking nothing off a hog. Oh, you'll get the humor of that about halfway home. Consumption or tuberculosis. Inflammation or swelling. Under the curse, we're set free. Severe fever, any kind of fever. Under the curse, we're set free. Boils. Under the curse, we're set free. Tumors. 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 Tumors are under the under the curse of the law and Jesus has redeemed us, set us free from tumors. Amen. He set us free from lumps and from bumps. Glory to God. He set us free from masses. Oh, they found a mass. Well, glory to God, Jesus set you free 2,000 years before that mass ever showed up. Glory to God. Scab and the itch. I'm telling you poison ivy is part of the curse of the law. (laughs) Blindness. The Bible talks about extraordinary plagues. Prolonged plagues. Serious sicknesses. Prolonged sicknesses. Every last one of them. Under uh, Under the curse of the law and we've been redeemed from it. There's some people in here, you've been putting up with stuff long enough. You've got to the point where you just tolerate it. Well, I guess I just have to live with it. No, you don't have to live with it. Jesus, some 2,000 years ago, set you free from that. Talks about the diseases of Egypt. That's Egypt's the type of the world. The diseases of the world. See, the world gets sick, but the body of Christ, bless God, we're the healed. Glory to God. I'm not the sick looking to get healed. I'm the healed. And we as the body of Christ, bless God, we ought to rise up in the power of God and go forth in the power of God and go out into the world and take the power of God and drive sickness and disease back. Can anybody say Amen. And then notice verse 61 says, Also every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of the law. Pastor, I can't find the sickness that's hit my body. I can't find it in the book. Well, you don't need to find it in the book because the Bible just said every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of the law is still under the curse of the law and Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Somebody said, well, AIDS. I don't see AIDS in there anywhere. Well, the AIDS is under the curse of the law, and Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of the law, will the Lord, now notice, will the Lord bring upon you until you are destroyed? Now, there's a big argument that people have. Did the Lord cause the sickness or did He allow the sickness? Did He cause it or did He allow it? Did He cause it or did He allow it? Well, I don't believe God's going around putting sickness and disease on people. But yet when people are disobedient, they get out from under the protection of God, then you got the devil out there roaming around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Did you hear me? So let's obey God. Well, I've missed it, pastor. Well, repent and get back over here under the protection of God. But you know what, I've met some people, they want to argue and they want to argue and they want to argue and they want to say, well, I just think that in some cases when the judgment, of, when, when, when people have sinned and God judges them, that sickness does come on them. Well, you know what, I'll tell you what, rather than arguing about that, let's just assume you're right. Let's just assume, okay, that somebody sins and they've sinned and, and they haven't judged themselves and God's judged them and, and sickness has come on them. Well, I got good news for you. I got good news for you. Jesus redeemed us from the judgment of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So whatever the case may be, Jesus is the answer. Can anybody say amen? Amen. Rather than arguing about that, let's just rejoice in that Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He was made a curse for us uh, so that the blessing of Abraham might come on us. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, I've preached myself happy. Go real quick. Luke 13. Come on. Real quick now. Come on. Luke 13, come on. Come on, I need, by the Spirit of God, i got to get these in. Let, come on now, quick now. Are you in Luke 13? You can listen for longer than 20 minutes, can't you? Come on, let's go just a few more minutes and get this in. Luke thirteen eleven. There was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, was bent over and could no way raise herself up. Think about that. When Jesus saw her, He called her to Him and said to her, Woman, you're loosed from your infirmity. Woman, you're loosed. We oftentimes see ourselves bound, but Jesus sees us as loosed. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now, did you notice something that he loosed her from something and then he released the power of God? Now, notice here in this case, because not all cases, I've been in the healing ministry some 20 plus years now, not all cases are like this woman's here. This woman was bound by a demon spirit. And it caused sickness in her body. And to get her free, she had to first be loosed from that spirit and then the power of God administered. Now that typically, in my experience over all these years, that typically hasn't been the case. Typically the case with people is, is that they've just been hit with some kind of sickness or disease and the power of God just needs to be released into their body and bring about healing and soundness. However, in this case, look, he sees her, verse 12, calls her to him and says to her, Woman, you're loosed from your infirmity. Now remember that. He looses her from an infirmity and then he lays his hands on her. He releases the power of God, the anointing of God and immediately she's made straight, glorified God. And then the ruler of the synagogue, oh, here comes the religious ding-dongs here now, answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. So he's not excited that the woman got you know set free or nothing like that. He's just, he did it on the wrong day. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. Well, that guy wasn't getting them healed any other day of the week either. If he was, that woman wouldn't have had to have been bound for 18 years. Is that right? The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, well, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. Does not each of you on the on Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom now who bound her? Who bound her? Who bound her? Who bound her? whom satan has bound for 18 years be loosed from this bond on the sabbath now notice again in verse 11 she had a spirit of infirmity a demon was binding her and then in verse 12 he looses her from that see if there's a if there's a demonic something demonic that is 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 hit your body That has to be dealt with before you can get healed. Most of the time that's not, in my experience, that hasn't been the case. But in this case it was. So he loosed her from that demonic power. He released the power of God and she's made straight and glorifies God. And then, in verse 16, we see the reason that she stayed bound all that time is because she didn't know who she was. She didn't know her rights and privileges. She didn't understand. He said, so ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham. See, if she realized the blessing of Abraham, she would have realized she wouldn't have had to have been bound all those years. And if if that religious guy would have realized the blessings of Abraham, uh, he would have told her the truth of the matter. You might be here today and you don't realize that you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm telling you that you've been redeemed from the curse of the law in Christ Jesus at the blessing of Abraham might come on you. Can you say amen? Satan bound her. God didn't bind her. Satan bound her. And then Jesus loosed the power of the devil. He released the power of God. The woman was immediately healed. Glory to God. And then Jesus told us why she was bound that length of time. Because she didn't know who she was. And there's a lot of Christians that don't know who they are. But I told you today that you're a redeemed person in Christ. Spirit, soul, and body. Glory to God. Now we'll close in Mark 5 verse 25. Go there quickly. I'm under assignment here today. This is what the Holy Ghost wants in here today. So so if, if, if you have to leave, if your lunch is more important than listening to what the Holy Ghost has, then that's fine. Boy, I'm a little bit bold here today. Praise God. I want all what God has. I said I want all what God has. How about you? Glory to God. Mark 5, 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. That's a long time to bleed. Isn't that a long time to bleed? She'd suffered many things from many physicians. Spent all that she had. Was no better, but rather grew worse. How many of you know I believe in good hospitals? I believe in good doctors. I believe in good medicines. I've seen hundreds of people healed over the years in this ministry. And I tell people again and again, work in conjunction with a good doctor. Work in conjunction with a good hospital if you need to. Stay under good doctor's care. I want to cooperate operate with the doctors but let's remember to always have more faith in God than we have in the doctor. Can you say amen? I tell you what, I've got more faith in God's system than I do in this medical system. I'll tell you that. I've got more faith in God than I have in this in this in this insurance health insurance plan. I'll tell you for sure. Come on, get stirred up, dear friends. Stir yourself up, my god i 'm not saying to get excited to be hyped, but be stirred up on the inside. Get more faith in God than you have in man now i 've got now i 'm going to use good hospitals, doctors, and medicines, but let 's don't turn to them first let 's turn to God first, and let 's believe God. Amen. When a pain hits your body, don't look for the phone first to call the doctor. But my God, look for your Bible first and curse the thing in the name of Jesus and do that first and then call the doctor. Amen. Did you hear me today? And she'd suffered many things and many physicians, they couldn't help her. When she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, you heard about Jesus today, that He's redeemed you from the curse of the law. She heard about Jesus. She came behind Him in the crowd and touched His garment. First she said, if only I may touch His clothes, I'll be made well. Glory to God. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that affliction. Let me tell you something about faith. Faith does not start out in the feeling realm. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You don't have to see it, hear it, feel it, taste it, touch it, anything like that to be in faith. You get in faith based on the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You heard about Jesus, bless God. You heard that it's the will of God to heal. You heard that. Now are you going to believe it or not? Well, I'm going to believe it, praise God. Right that minute you're in faith, praise God. But there's people that get in faith and die. There's people that get in faith and never do get what they need from God. There's people that get in faith that never do tap the power of God. Why is that? Because faith must be released through words and or actions. There's that man, crippled man over there. Paul was preaching. He heard Paul preaching. Remember that over in the book of Acts? Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed. He heard Paul speak. He perceived that he had faith to be healed. But he's still just as crippled as he ever was. And Paul said with a loud voice, Stand up on your feet. Why did Paul use a loud voice? Because he was trying to get that man to release his faith. And once that man released his faith, he leaped and he was well, praise God. See, this woman, she heard, look, she heard about Jesus She came to Him, evidently she believed. Jesus is going to tell us she had faith here in just a minute. But even though she heard, she believed, she's still just as bleeding, just as bad as ever. Now she's got to release her faith. How do you release your faith? With words and actions. She said, notice she said, realize, say she said. She said, if only I may touch but His clothes, I shall be whole. Amen. She's releasing her faith. And then she goes behind him and she touches him, you see. And in verse 30, Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. Real loud, say, power! Power. There's a power of God went out of him. The anointing of God went out of him, flowed out of him and into her. And you see, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, you say, who touched me? See, there's a lot of people touched Jesus that day, but this only one we have here in this crowd, only one lady touched him in faith. But she made contact. There's a lot of people touching Jesus and they're not making contact. It's only when you touch him in faith that you make contact and the power of God will flow. That power went out of him. He said, who touched me? He looked around and and saw her who'd done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. See, she wasn't supposed to be out in that crowd. It was against the law for her to be out in that crowd. But she went out in the crowd anyway. She was a desperate lady, but desperate people take chances off times. Desperate people do desperate things. And she got to Jesus. She touched him in faith. The power of God went out of him into her and drove that sickness out of her. She told him all the truth, and then verse thirty-four, he said, "Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction." Notice, though, I, I, the Lord wants me to get back to this. Notice this, verse twenty-seven. She heard about Jesus, came behind in the crowd, touched his garment. If only I may touch his clothes, I'll be made, immediately the founder of blood was dried up, and she felt, she felt, she felt. Real loud, say she felt. One more time, she fell. See, the power of God does not start with a feeling, but it ends with a feeling. The power of God does not start with a feeling, but it ends with a feeling. There's a lot of people, they want to feel something to start with. No, when you come to God, you come to Him in faith, and feeling doesn't have anything in the world to do with it. Do you use good doctors, hospitals, medicines? Yes. Just don't turn to them first. Don't have more faith in them than you do God. But you come to Jesus in faith. You touch Him in faith. The power of God is released. But notice she, because, because she made connection, because she contacted Him in faith, notice she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. If you, now listen to me, life and death right here, listen to me. If you Make contact with the Lord Jesus. You make contact with that power. You will eventually feel in your body that you're healed of the plague. Can you say amen? Amen. You're not moved by feelings, but I'll tell you, feeling will be a result of having made contact with the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you get what I just said? If you've made contact with Him in faith, Now you may not feel it right away but eventually you will feel the power of God and what that means is you'll see the result of it and you'll be healed and the doctors will tell you you're healed. Did you hear what I just said? So she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Did she hear of Jesus? Did she have the opportunity to be in faith? Yes, yes. Did she uh, uh, have to then come to Him? Yes. Did she say something? Yes. And when she released her faith through those words and those actions, the power of God, see she made contact with Jesus and contact with that power in faith and that faith drew that power of God into her body and she was healed of that plague and then she felt the results thereof. Oh, I'm so glad Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, if you're visiting, visiting today, I'm going to lay hands on some people. Now, don't let that throw you off. About half of Jesus' ministry, he went about, he went about teaching, preaching, and healing. About half of his ministry, he spent time, in that three and a half years, healing people. He laid hands on people. Did you hear me? And then he said in Mark, the 16th chapter, he said, these signs will follow them that believe. And then one of the signs, he said, in my name, they'll lay hands upon the sick and they will recover. Now, I'm not going to get away from the laying on of hands as the Spirit of God directs. He hasn't wanted me to lay hands, do, do quite like this in the service for several months, but today he wants me publicly, anybody that needs healing in their body to lay hands upon them and release the power of God into them and the power of God will bring about soundness and wholeness. Now that power has been available for over 2,000 years. It's available. Since Jesus has been raised from the dead, it's been available to the church. Can you say amen? And Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. I don't care what kind of sickness, what kind of disease you're dealing with, Jesus is the healer. Yeah, but pastor, I've sinned. I've got sin in my my life and I know that's the reason that the sickness is there. Sometimes, listen to me, sometimes people are sick because they have sinned. They brought people to Jesus who were sick because they had sinned. But you know what? Jesus, now watch this, Jesus didn't say to them, repent and then I'll heal you. What did He say? He healed them and then He said, go and... Sin no more, lest a worse thing come on you. My God, we serve a good God. So if there's sin in your life, if there's something there that shouldn't be there, make the correction. Repent of it. Turn from it. Then get into the power of God. Let the power of God heal you and walk in the fullness of what God has for you. Amen. I've seen hundreds of people healed over the last... Fifteen years in this ministry, I've seen knots go away. I've seen cancers healed. I've seen all I've seen all. I've seen ears pop open. We've seen these kinds of things, and Jesus is still in the healing business. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Praise God. Stand with me, if you would. Just stand. I, I don't need the altar music. <clears throat> Just stand with me in the presence of God. Come on, dear friends. I need the whole congregation today. I need the whole congregation today in agreement. The Bible says one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. I need everybody in this church in agreement. I need everybody in this church in agreement. Praise God. Praise God. What can be more important than helping the people of God? I know we're going to lunch when we're done here, but let's do spiritual things first. And it'll make the natural things all the sweeter. Praise God. Praise God forevermore. Praise God, the believer will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's what Jesus said. Do you see the apostles in the New Testament? They went around laying hands upon people and seeing them healed by the power of God. Well, yeah, but that all passed away. No, you come too late to tell me that's passed away. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Now, Vicky, come on up here, dear sister. And anybody that you need healing in your body, slip up here. We're not gonna take you don't have to take a long time with it. If you need healing in your body, get up here quick. Come on now. Come on now. If you need healing in your body, come right on. If you need healing in your body, come right on. If you need healing in your body, come right on. Praise God. If you need healing in your body, come right on. If you need healing in your body, come right on. You need healing in your body. Now, everybody that didn't come, stretch your hands this way. Don't go to sleep on me out there. Just stretch your hands. I need everybody in agreement with with this. God is in the healing business. I said, God is in the healing business. Look, these people these people need help up here. Well, good news, there's help available. It's the power of God. I can't heal anybody. I can't heal anybody. Those apostles couldn't heal anybody. That's why when they met that man at that gate, beautiful, they didn't say, look at us. They said, look on us. The power of God was on them. And it was the power of God that brought the healing to that lame man, you see. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Now, stretch your hands toward her. Just pray to God. Pray to the Lord. Hallelujah. Be in agreement. Bless God. Hallelujah. Now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the head of the church, that which has uh, uh, attacked you, I command you to loose your hold. Loose your hold. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I release the power of God. Be healed in the name of Jesus, the head of the church. Do you believe you received that, dear sister? Yes. Then I yes. believe it's done. Do you believe, it's, do. Done? believe it's, it's done? Then it's done. Now rejoice in God, yes. work in cooperation with the doctors, and I believe all will be well. Do you believe that? I believe that. Say Vicki's healed. healed. Say she's, healed. I'm healed. Say, she's healed. I'm healed. Say she's healed now. I'm healed. Praise God forevermore in the name of Jesus be healed in Jesus name be healed in Jesus name in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth the head of the church praise God the devil's come to torment you now you don't need, you got free there for a while and you walked free now he's come back to torment you but we're going to break his power And now you walk and you frustrate him. Now the word of the Lord came to me and said, Now he's been frustrating you. Now you've got to frustrate the devil. And until you do that, he's going to continue to harass you. So you make a stand. Don't back off of it and you frustrate him, and you stay till the devil leaves, bless God, and we resist him, and he flees. Now be healed in the name of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the head of the church, whatever it is, praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Pray, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. When I laid my hands on you, I don't know what you came up for, but I believe the power of God has been administered. But when I laid my hands upon you, uh, I've never had this that I recall happen before, but something that the devil has planned for you on out, on out down the road, uh, something he's planned for you on out down the road. Uh, I, the best I can say it in the natural, you know how sometimes people get vaccinated <laughs> for something so they don't get it? Well, there's the power of God going in you right now that that would you had planned for you. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's always a step or two or three way ahead of the devil. Glory to God. Do you believe you receive that? Yes. Praise God. Amen. Praise God, praise God. 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 Spirit of God said to me, you need to go back and make a study of the principles of faith. ABCs. 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 Study the principles of faith. ABCs. Glory to God. Glory to God. After we lay hands on you. Then do that. Praise God. The ABCs of faith. And you'll walk out of You'll walk out. You'll walk out. You'll walk out. You'll walk out. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Praise God. In the-